This is Cabernet and True Crime, the place where good wine and true crime come together. Hello friends, it's allergy season, so you know what that means. I sneezed four times before I started recording. Uh, so we're just gonna kind of, you know, get through this the best we possibly can, huh? Okay, um, I don't really have much of an intro. Uh, I don't really have anything to complain about, and, uh, well, I mean, aside from the fact that it is my birthday next week, and that's a weird time, uh, this doesn't really feel like it's my birthday. I didn't even realize it's almost June. So, uh, times be hitting a little different lately, huh? But that's okay. That's fine. I'm, you know, I'm in a good mood. I'm optimistic. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling myself. Everything is good. Everything's just, it's one of those things that like, if you just keep telling yourself that it's going to be good, like it's going to be good eventually type deal. So I'm just going to keep saying I have nothing to complain about and everything is fine. How about that? We'll just, we'll, we'll stick to that story. Um, so like I said, I don't really have a big intro today. Uh, I actually almost didn't even record anything today. And then I came home and got my second wind of like productivity because today was quite a long day as far as work goes. And I used the majority of my mental capacity to deal with work and work struggles. So I really didn't have a lot left to give by the time I got home. But apparently uh, I found it again. So here we are and welcome to my closet and to this. Uh, I've actually spent all day working on the YouTube channel, which I'm super excited about. These videos are so much fun, and honestly, if no, it's the same thing how I feel about this podcast. Like, if nobody listens to it, like, that's fine. Uh, I do it mostly for me and my well-being, and like, this is fun, and I like to do it. So, uh, you know, honestly, as long as it's always fun, I don't have a problem doing it. So, um, I worked on a bunch of YouTube videos today. That's really exciting. Uh... For me, anyways, I don't know if it's exciting for you, but I have fun recording them, and I have fun editing them, and I have fun rewatching them, and I'm happy that that's kind of changed my mood, I guess. Uh, it's something that I find fascinating and interesting and not super tedious, so um, be on the lookout for those, because I like posting content. I think it's fun. Um, okay, now that I've trolled you like four times and I haven't actually gotten to the point, today we're going to be talking about William Devin Howell. Um, not anybody that I've ever heard of before. Like I've said before, I have a really long couple hundred, like, item list of serial killers and weird crimes and, you know, stuff that I'd want to research. And some of it's not even true crime related. Um, some of it kind of is, but isn't, like, mysteries and stuff like that, which I know, I think, next week will be, uh, something a little different, um, than normal. I'm excited for it, though. I figured it's my birthday and I'll do what I want to, huh? (laughs) So, um, I'm going to record that and that'll be exciting. Um, but William Devin Howell was on my list and so, you know, he had to make it on here eventually. Like I said, I don't do the ones that a lot of people know about that I don't find. I don't think that's interesting to research people who have been researched so much. Um, if I can tell you all the details of a case without even like, honestly, you know, just thinking of it, like Ted Bundy, you know, like he's so 
all over the place. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I love all the documentaries. I think they're fascinating. I think Ted Bundy was a fascinating person. I can agree with all that. But he's, like, all you ever hear about anymore. And, I mean, there's the other heavy hitters that, like, are just always on in the media and, you know, whatever. I don't find the psychology behind them fascinating because I already know about it and I don't want to research something that I already kind of know about, right? Like that seems silly and I don't see why you would want to listen to somebody that you already know about, right? That's why I like to go down the lesser beaten path of serial killers that I've never heard of before because if I've never heard of them, odds are most other people haven't really heard of them either. So I like to bring you the knowledge of new people and new stuff to talk about, right? Um, so William Devin Howell, he was, um, one of Connecticut's most prolific serial killers. And I did, uh, see some conflicting research on that. Um, not entirely sure because I saw some articles that said he was Connecticut's most prolific serial killer. And then I saw other things that said that he was second only to Michael Bruce Ross. I don't know. I, I guess... It depends on how you look at it, I suppose, um, which we'll get into that. So, um, yeah, something I said, it's kind of like a battle between the two of them is my understanding. I don't know. I guess it depends on how you want to hash it out and think about it. I don't know. I read both. I'm not going to think about it too much. I don't have, I don't have the mental capacity to think about that for longer than I need to. And I am done thinking about it now. So, William Devin Howell was born on February 11th, 1970, in Hampton, Virginia. Uh, how he got from Virginia to Connecticut is, to my knowledge, unknown, which I am sure there is a story, but it is not one that I know, and I don't really care to research it. Um, if you want to, go ahead. How about that? That's, uh, I didn't seem like that was important to the story at all. <laughs> there didn't seem to be any glaring evidence that something on that trip was going to cause any of this so I just kind of onward sometimes if the information isn't like super readily available but it doesn't seem important to the plot they're like I just don't care about it right I mean I'm sure he's got a whole big long backstory that I'm sure if you researched and researched and researched you could figure it out um but do I care not particularly just to answer to spoil that riddle for you no I don't care particularly so I don't research it because that's time. Valuable time. <laughs> this is just turning into, like, I sit in my closet and bitch about stuff for, like, 40 minutes and then I, I move on, I guess. I don't know. Here you go, the unedited, unfiltered version of me in my closet. So enjoy that. If I don't find it interesting, you don't get to hear about it. <laughs> what a weird rule. What a weird podcast, right? And here you are. So thanks for listening. Um, okay. Sorry. Um, Howell was convicted of first-degree manslaughter for the death of 33-year-old Nilsa Arismendi. Um, She disappeared in 2003, and her body wasn't found until 2007, um, where seven bodies were found behind a shopping center in Connecticut. That is a different story. We'll get to that. So, Howell gets kind of implicated in um the in Nilsa's case and he pleads uh guilty under the Alfred doctrine which we've heard this term before on this lovely podcast um and I think I may have said some heated words um 
the Alford Doctrine, in case you need to be reminded or you want to hear me say it again, is when someone pleads guilty but doesn't technically admit guilt but knows that the prosecution has enough to convict them. It's kind of, it gives me like a no contest vibe. Like you're just pleading no contest is my understanding. I don't know if that's only in some states though, because why can I not remember where Michael Peterson was from? He did an Alford plea too, because of course he did. Fuck that guy. Um, and there was one other one that I covered on this podcast, but I cannot remember who it is right now. So, but there was another one. Um, so I don't know. I never really looked into whether that was like a state thing or if you could just plead Alford. <laughs> All I can think of is a uh, uh, Michael Scott in the office when he uh, declares bankruptcy. Like I just think you'd walk into court and be like Alfred, and then like you're good, right? That's probably not how that works. Um, so, uh, Michael Peterson. Yep, I wrote that down. I don't know why I needed to write that down. I know that information. Oh, so from that. Howell received a 15-year sentence and was supposed to be released on March 14th, 2019, and I know he received some 400-odd days for good behavior, so he was going to get let out earlier than that. Well, luckily for everybody, he did not get out of jail, so do not pass go, do not collect $200, fuck you, you're in jail forever. Um, So it should have been known that Howell was originally charged with murder, but he took the plea deal down to first-degree manslaughter after the trial began. He uh, got caught because Nilsa's boyfriend, Angel, had seen her getting into his van. The couple knew Howell because they had allegedly smoked crack cocaine with him on more than one occasion. They knew him as Devin, um, which apparently he had tattooed on his upper arm, um, even though his name was William. And apparently Nilsa had gotten in and was vanned to ask for drugs but was never seen again, was the story. So on May 13th, 2005, Howell was arrested in Hampton, Virginia. His van had been seized the year before and Nilsa's blood was found inside his van. Uh, But to my knowledge, her body hadn't officially been found yet. Um, But police had found her blood in the car and assumed for the worst, which I do talk about um, again later. I did find an article about like kind of, I guess, the more specifics of how that happened. Um, But we're going to circle back. We're going to circle back to that in a second. So um, basically, we're going to go back to where it all started um, because I found the timeline to be just the tad bit confusing if we if we jumped in a different order. So, um, I guess pretend like I never told you anything about Nilsa and how she went missing. And we're going to go back a little bit further than that. So I guess, I guess no matter how I tell this story, it's going to be confusing apparently because I'm really fucking this up. (laughs) All right. So on January 1st, 2003, Melanie Ruth Camelini went missing. She was the mother of two She had last been seen living in the Waterbury area and was last seen in the company of two men. She had a known substance abuse problem and her disappearing for extended periods of time was not unheard of. Her body was found and wasn't identified until 2015. So all their bodies get found at the same time. I should just preface this with that. Um, But then they, it took varying degrees of time to identify all the bodies. Um, So Howell's second victim was a transgendered female uh, Janice Roberts, who is also known as Danny Lee Wystant. Um, she was 44 years old at the time of her disappearance. She was last seen on June 18th, 2003, getting into Howell's van, but she wasn't reported missing until June 24th. 
And Howell had admitted after his arrest that he had solicited Janice for a sexual act, then realizing that she was transgender, strangled her. Sometime in 2003, 55-year-old Diane Cusack went missing. Her last official spotting is on July 9th as police had to monitor a landlord-tenant dispute. Diane had a substance abuse problem and she hadn't talked to anyone in her family for several years. Therefore, she was never reported missing. Uh, Her body was found in 2007 behind the shopping center and she was identified in 2011. Marilyn Gonzalez was the 26-year-old mother of two. Um, She went missing sometime in 2003 after she left her home. Her body was found behind the West Farm Shopping Mall in Farmington, Connecticut on April 28, 2015. Joy Martinez was 23 years old. She went missing sometime near October 10th, but her family didn't report her missing until March 29, 2004 because she did not show up for her birthday party. She was one of the first bodies to be found behind the shopping area and was referred to as Jane Doe Number 1 until her mother provided a DNA sample to determine her identity. She was found in 2007 with the rest by a hunter scouting the area and wasn't identified until 2013. Mary Jane Menard, 40, was a substance abuse counselor. She also went missing in 2003, and her remains were found with arrest in 2007. All seven victims went missing in 2003, and all of them remained unsolved for several months until police were able to peg Howell as a suspect in Nilsa Arismendi's case. Howell drove a very specific, creepy van, and police seized it when they arrested him in North Carolina. Which, I wrote North Carolina, but I'm pretty sure I meant Virginia. It's possible. Um, Several of the seat cushions had been removed, but blood from at least two people was discovered underneath some carpeting in the bottom of the car. DNA results showed that with at least 99% certainty that at least one of the blood samples had come from Nilsa. Um, Also found in the car were six videotapes of Howell having, quote, bizarre sex with women. However, the camera was angled so that Howell's partner couldn't be identified in any of the videos. Um... Without a body, Howell was charged with first-degree manslaughter in Nilsa's case. Um, Later, was charged with witness tampering after he threatened another inmate, and he entered the Alfred plea. So, at the sentencing, Howell continued that he he was very persistent that he did not kill Nilsa, um, saying that Angel and Nilsa had gotten into a fight in the back of his van. so, you know, he's like, hey, it wasn't even my fault that got into a fight. Her blood's in the back of my car, but don't put that on me. That was absolutely angel, right? Um, he then tried to get his Alfred plea thrown out, claiming that he only put the plea in because his uh, defender, the defense team basically pressured him to do it. Um, and lu- luckily, they were like, no, that doesn't seem very kosher. And he was sentenced to the 15 years in prison that he would have gotten out from. And then a couple weeks later... The human bones were found behind the West Farm shopping mall, and they were identified as Cusack, Martinez, and Bernard. And then um, behind that same shopping center in 2015, um, they they found Nilsa's uh, body, Gonzalez, Camelini, and Weistant. Uh, Howell later told a cellmate that there was a monster inside him and described himself as the Sick Ripper, um, which coined him the nickname Sick Ripper by some media outlets. Um, He also confessed to an inmate that he kept one of the women's bodies in his van for two weeks because it was too cold outside to bury her. Um, He slept next to her and called her his baby. 
Howell later cut off the tips of her fingers, dismantled her bottom jaw, and disposed of the body parts in Virginia. Who that was, we don't know. Um, It was never divulged. They never found a body that we know of in Virginia related to this case. So I guess we won't ever know who that was. But um, apparently there's another victim out there. Um, On November 17th, 2017, which, so he was originally supposed to be released on March 14th, 2019, um, but because of his good behavior, it would have been something like, hmm, probably January of 2018. So on November 17th, 2017, Howell was sentenced to six consecutive life sentences after pleading guilty to the murders of all six women. Um, He cried and apologized to the family of the victims during sentencing, calling his actions monstrous, cowardly, and selfish. He uh, told the court that he deserved the death penalty, which um, unfortunately had been abolished by the Connecticut Supreme Court in 2015. Um, But also, what a coward's way out. You don't deserve the death penalty. You can rot in prison for six life sentences. How about that? So if you found this case interesting, um, I did read the synopsis of a book. It sounds really interesting. I just, honey, ain't got the time to read any more books. I'm already, I'm doing my damnedest to read the books that I have on my shelf, the books that I already own, right? So there is a book, and if you want to read it, it is called His Garden, Conversations with a Serial Killer by Anne K. Howard. I'm sure it is riveting and fascinating um, because she really got in at the right time to write this novel and it's really good um it's so it's a biographical true crime novel and she was a practicing attorney uh howard contacted howell in july of 2015 when he was only serving the 15-year sentence for nilsa so he was about to be charged for the remaining six murders and after he pleaded guilty um, on September 8th, 2017, he gave Howard um, a whole bunch of exclusive phone calls um, and letters and stuff like that. So she's got all his confessions. She got him in the right place at the right time where he was willing to open up and discuss his crimes. I do have, the book is on, it's on my reading list. I would love to read that book. It sounds fascinating. Um, I love looking at the the intricacies and the psyche of a serial killer. Uh, I just don't have time to read it right now, but it is on my list of books to read. So if you get the chance to read it, please tell me if it's good or not, because I would love, 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 love to read that book. Um, and with that being said, that's done. Um, to my knowledge, he's still in prison. Um, I don't know how old he is. I can look that up really quick while I, I shoot the shit with you. Boop, 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 boop. I hope everybody's days went well. It is Tuesday. He's 50 years old. And he is still uh, in prison. Forever. So yeah, he just turned 50. He's going to be in prison for a lot longer unless he dies of some weird unnatural causes. Which eh, might happen. You never know. Prisons get kind of squirrely sometimes. And on that note, um, yeah... Check out my YouTube channel. I put out videos every week. Um, typically on Saturday, but I'm thinking about doing like a double a double down type thing. Um, multiple videos a week. I guess we'll find out. 
Um, quarantine has been hitting a little different lately. Um, I finally into the productive phase of quarantine, which only took me two fucking months to get here as the state is starting to reopen. Now my body's like, we're going to be productive during this time. <laughs> Stupid. Um, uh, I also have an Instagram account. I still haven't figured out like the logistics of putting the Instagram accounts together. I feel like there's a logical way to do it, but like my stupid bird brain hasn't been able to figure it out yet. So, uh, and not like logistically, I know how to do Instagram. I just don't know of a way that makes any sense. I just wanted to clarify that I know how Instagram, (laughs) I know how to work the Instagram. I just don't know of the most sensical way to do some things. And I, until I don't want to rush any of this, I just want to let it come naturally and like live it as it goes. So, um, with that being said, I hope you have a delightful, delightful true crime Tuesday. Um, I hope it brings you everything you've wanted for a while. I get, I don't know, ever. Sure. Um, I hope your lives are good and you have a whole bunch of wine if you want it. And if not, then don't, um, that's all I got. So I'll catch you guys next week, unless you watch my YouTube channel, and then I'll see you now if you go straight to that, (laughs) or I'll see you when I put out my next video on Saturday. Goodbye.